This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Bentliff, and I have Brian Fern, who's back with us today. And Brian, you've got this uh, super cool background for those watching on the video of saving money without spending money. And when just before we hit record, you had a familiar anecdote anecdote that we can all, all relate to. But how are you? It's great to have you back on the show. And today we're talking about um, kind of this idea of improving the bottom line. And you've got some some great perspectives on that that I'm really uh, interested in digging into with this saving money without spending money. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Nice to be back. And uh, it's definitely a topic that's near and dear to my heart as the we did the expense control, I did the uh, uh, P&L and, and budgeting. This is the other thing that really uh, is very fond that I'm fond of. That's great. So uh, let's lead off with this anecdote you were just sharing. Um, when your wife walks in and says, hey, I'm pretty excited about what I just bought. How does that relate? Share that with us. And then, I don't know, bring that back into business. Do you promise that she won't see this? Then I can do it. I cannot make any promises. We can change the names and blur your face. Though, <laughs> Anyhow, she'd come home and, and with a uh, beautiful jacket. She said, honey, honey, I just saved $300 in this jacket. And I'd say, well, how much did it cost me to save all this money? <laughs> so um, unlike the things that I talk about with my clients is I'm saving money without having to spend any money. And that's a big difference. So how do we do that? How do we manage expensive uh, expenses? And how do we kind of design our business um, initiatives, our priorities, our perspectives, so that we're thinking more about, uh, I don't know, even making money, but saving money without spending money? And, and is that a cost-cutting technique? Is that a, um, a revenue-increasing technique? Is that a saving technique? Talk us through it. So there's two ways to actually improve the bottom line. And um, when you hire salespeople... Uh, their job is to go out and bring in revenue and increase sales. Um, a, a CFO, typically, that's not part of his job is to go out and increase sales, but his job is to you know, protect the firm's assets and do a good job in terms of keeping great books and records. And CFOs do a lot of different things, but let's just keep it to you know, budgeting and expense control and uh, cash flow and doing all the things that are not related to bringing revenue. So I always had the sense that how do I help the bottom line? Mm. And it's by identifying cost savings ideas that are impactful, but most importantly, not disruptive to the business. And I identified when I was a CFO, many different things that work. And since I've sort of spent more time doing this, I've expanded the things that, that are, are optional that are, that can do that. So um, I, I tell the story is, when you go to your, your uh, at the end of the year and have your performance review, you can tell your boss you did all the audits properly and you have all the bank banks in order and you had great budgets and plans and forecasts and everything's in great order. But can you go to the tell them and say, this is how I impact the bottom line? And it's by saving money without, without spending money. So I have lots of different things up my sleeve uh, although I don't like to call them tricks, but they're not tricks. They're actually not smoke and mirrors at all. They're actually things that you could put in place to help improve the bottom line. Um, we can talk more about the details as we continue through the conversation. So first of all, it's just really interesting to recalibrate our thinking around, uh, I don't know, 
executive leadership being thought less as uh, as overhead, less as a cost center, and more, as you say, as a profit center? How does the CFO contribute to profitability beyond um, feel-good, you know, anecdotal charts and graphs, but instead what I hear you saying is, nope, I'm going to show you the before and after, the levers that I pull and turn uh, so that profitability increased because of my skill sets. I think that's probably a perspective most leaders should have. They should be asking that question, how am I making this company money instead of how am I showing up with ideas that are going to be more expensive for us to carry out. But I want to get into some of your uh, some of your best practices uh, that you've been able to develop to help us illustrate this. So, you know, one of the areas that uh, most companies like to offer their employees is healthcare benefits. And as we know, healthcare benefits continue to go up anywhere from five to seven to nine percent a year. Uh, and then, you know, some companies will get will pay a hundred percent of it. That's very few, but more more so companies maybe on Wall Street and private equity and what have you. But um, it starts going from a hundred percent to an 80-20 split to a 70-30 split. As as the expense gets higher, companies are trying to figure out how do I not put the burden on my employees. And you know, you maybe get a three to five percent raise and you got an eight percent increase in your healthcare costs. So there goes your raise. You really didn't make any money. Um, so there's something specifically, if I'm allowed to share, called the difference card. It's a way on average to save 20% of your healthcare costs without changing what you give your employees in terms of benefits and without changing your healthcare provider. And you don't have to change brokers either. So it's, a, it's not a smoke and mirrors. It's actually real. It works. I've done used it as a CFO. Specifically, I was saving about $120,000 a year on healthcare costs. The company gets paid uh, for their services 10%. So I was paying them 12 and I was keeping $108,000. Uh, any smart person, whether you're a CFO or not, would take that trade any day of the week. Wow. Uh, how did you develop this? Where did, uh, well, what's the process of that? So it's not something I developed. It's a company out there called the Difference Card. Okay. And essentially okay. what they do is replace a high cost premium for a lower cost premium by doing the following. They take a higher deductible plan. And as many, you may have a, lots of employees, some never see the doctor at all and you paid a high employee plan for them. And some use the doctor all the time. Why pay for those people that actually haven't used the plan enough or met their deductibles? So we take a higher deductible and to simplify when an example might be, let's say you have a $10 copay today, we would raise that to a $50 copay. The, the employee would pay the $10 and then the company would pay the extra 40. But why, did, why is that effective? Because I just reduced your fixed cost, monthly cost fund, let's say I pay $100,000 a year, down to $80,000 a year. So you have that $20,000 in savings that come off the top. How many times if someone employees have to go to the doctor to make up the, to, when, you have, when you're paying $40 for them? Many, many times. Uh, I've seen companies save in excess of, a school I was recently working with saving in excess of two hundred and thirty thousand dollars to wow. to a private school. That's real money. It is real money. Is there, uh, I don't know, a size of organization where this becomes best suited for after you have X amount of employees or X amount of uh, some financial metric? Um, yes and no, but you know, the the this specifically, we have to, you have to have at least three people in the plan to be effective. Um, but you know, these other things that I work with with shipping. Uh, it's getting off the topic a little. There's, if you're a self-insured plan, I have great products that's something used for pharmaceutical savings. Um, 
I have outsourced HR services. A lot of people use PEOs, super expensive PEOs. They charge anywhere from $100 to $200 per head per month. There's other ways to skin the cat. You have to understand why you're using a PEO. And by the way, if you don't know what a PEO is, a, a professional employee organization, which many smaller companies use, some cases appropriately, in some cases not. Um, a lot of people use spend a lot of money on 401k services. There's, there's a disruptor out there that I have a relationship with that can save you money on using a 401k, something you want to give your employees. Uh, a lot of people use Iron Mountain for storage. They're super expensive. They handcuff you keeping your documents there. I have companies that will take you out of those contracts and, and, and put you into their warehouses for a lot less money and equally as secure. All the key is to have things that are not disruptive, but highly effective. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Fascinating. So you're using this word disruptive, which I really like, and it's bringing to mind for me that uh, even in small and mid-market companies, we can get entrenched with uh, the way things have always been or the way things are expected to be, or I'm using a PEO because that's what we've always done, or the company I was at previously did, or I'm familiar with it because that's what our previous CEO wanted to do or whatever. We get stuck in these um, we get stuck in these lanes where we take our eyes off of that stuff and think, well, our processes and our systems and those relationships, those will take care of itself. Now let's do these other things that can be a lot heavier lifting. Inc- increasing profitability through increased sales, for instance, is no small and easy thing or expanding your market is no small and easy thing. You're saying, look, some of th- these things that might be status quo for you, there are new ways of thinking about it. There are better ways or different ways of thinking about it. And at least you should have the conversations to see if what you've been doing is what you should continue to be doing, or if you could be saving money by doing something else. Uh, Absolutely. Because doing what we did before is not really always the great answer. It's the easy answer, but not the best answer. So it is challenging to get CFOs to spend the time to think about doing these other things uh, because it's working. So why, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? But if you can, if I can convince them and have them understand that they can become the profit center and they can go to their CEO and board and say, this is how I contributed, that's an awesome, awesome fact. For instance, if you have a big factory and you're using electric, you're paying PSE&G or wherever you might be, you're paying them you know, a monthly fee. If I can get you find out for you, instead of paying 13 cents a kilowatt, we can get you down to seven cents a kilowatt by signing a six-month contract or a year contract depending on what's the most appealing, you're still pay, getting electric. Why pay for more for something that you're, you're going to use anyhow? So the things are just very, uh, the, the things that I work on are very being used daily in the business world, but why pay more for something if you don't need to? It's just being a little creative and a little, and a little taking a little initiative. I love that you use the word creative, which I've used before with uh, with our, our group of, of CFOs, and, and you are illustrating this unique skill set, and I want to dig into it just a little bit. 
Um, do you agree that, um, I don't know, it takes the, the ability to see things from slightly 15 degrees off of center to see where these opportunities are. And not everybody's capable of that. And this is one of the advantages of having, I don't know, a multidisciplined, multi-experiential, uh, experienced uh, CFO who can really help you see, you just mentioned manufacturing and healthcare and, uh, you know, all these other things there. If you were only in one vertical or industry, you might not have this breadth of knowledge. There's a ton of value in being able to tap into somebody like you who has seen and applied these things across all these different uh, perspectives. Yeah, the, the, pr the products I use, if you have a P&L with a profit or loss, you have employees, they're, they're applicable. You may not be in shipping, but you may have electric. You may you may have you may be a uh, a service oriented company, so you have need help with your your copiers. You know you're spending too much on copiers. You may you might have a factory. You want to put solar energy in. You never thought about it. The value of solar energy is amazing. The tax incentives that are available, the T Rex as they call them, money that you get paid for creating electric. These are people think it's you're not going to probably do these things unless someone presents them to you. Because you're in your doing your your monthly P and Ls, you're doing your closings. You may have an acquisition. You may have a bank issue. So you're not sort of thinking outside the box when you bring when you, when you start having people that are outside of what your daily work is come in and, and talk to you. I think that's when you sort of start thinking, hmm, maybe I could do that too, or maybe I should be doing that because I can help the bottom line. And again, the value of a CFO who isn't just preparing charts and graphs for you. We've talked a lot about how that old sort of stagnant perspective is out the window, but this is energizing and invigorating and interesting. And uh, as you said, disrupting, and that's pretty refreshing in this. I mean, we all need to be examining some of these things that we just sort of take for granted as business as usual. Yeah. Um, so I have to be careful about the disrupting. disrupting. So we, we are, the people that I uh, work with are disruptors in the market, mm. but importantly, they're not disruptive to your business. That's a great point. Talk me through that a little bit. What does it mean to be a disruptor in the market, but not disrupting to your business? So uh, like the difference card, the healthcare product, it's it's something thinking differently, but you're still giving your employees the ex exact same benefit that you had today. You're still using the healthcare provider you use today. You're not telling them, oh, you can't use Blue Cross, you have to use Cigna. So that would be, you know, employees might sort of say, oh, no, I like Blue Cross. All my doctors are there. So we're not being disruptive to the business. But we are thinking differently. Four hundred one k. A lot of people use Fidelity. If you look at the costs on Fidelity, there's a lot of out ancillary costs that that are incurred by, in some cases, the employee, in some cases, the employer. Well, there's a new person in the marketplace is saying, you know what? We're going to charge you a flat free fee when you do a sale. End of story. No other fees. We'll handle everything that you have. So those are the disruptors in the market, but not disruptive to the business. Great, uh, great illustration of the conceptual of what we mean, but not practical, because you're right, we, we certainly don't want to get ourselves into a situation where we're stalling something or there's a, a bunch of headaches uh, to make things flip from here to there. And I love that you've thought through that. And that's another sort of capability I think that's necessary is to understand the value, what's important to us as business people and as business leaders. And one of those things is continuity and business as usual when we need it to be business as usual, but bringing in some of these new solutions, these new perspectives that can help us uh, avoid some of those uh, entrenched habits or behaviors that could be improved, especially where profitability is concerned. 
Yeah, it's all about the profitability. I mean, you know, if you want to get big bonuses at the end of the year, I think, you know, we pay salespeople uh, based on their production. I, if there could ever be a day where they pay CFOs, if they actually become that profit center, give them a percentage of the sales, you'll see a lot more people paying attention to their bottom line. Uh, I've heard from people saying, you know, Brian, don't talk to the CEO, CFO, but talk to the business owner because he's the one's making the money. And I'm saying that's true. But if you can get those CFOs to start going to their, their owners, business owners and saying, hey, I bought $400,000 in the bottom line. I should get a bigger bonus than what you're, than, than what you're giving me because I helped our profitability. So I don't. it's not going to happen overnight where business owners think that way. But if you can incentivize the CFOs to do things without causing harm to the business, I think that adds a lot of value. Brian, thanks so much for joining us today. This was fascinating. And I want to have you back and just dig into one of these solutions or two of these solutions and just really get granular about how they can help our businesses. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. Uh, they are really, uh, to me, they're no-brainers. I know they work. They're not smoke and mirrors. And again, they're not disruptive and they are very effective. And with healthcare costs continuing to rise, it's a good way to go. Thanks for joining us, Brian. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.